Hi, this is Herb Kressel, editor of Radiology, and welcome to the May 2011 Radiology podcast. Uh, this month's podcast will be in two parts. First, we'll have a panel discussion, panelists consisting of uh, Ron Eisenberg and Alex Bankier of the Department of Radiology at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, who uh, are among the authors of a, a provocative study on the prevalence of honorary or guest authorship in radiologic research. The two will be joined by myself and Professor Adrian Dixon, uh, editor of European Radiology, who co-authored an editorial uh, on honorary authorship in the same issue. Then in part two, I'll be speaking with the Professor Perry Pickhart of the University of Wisconsin, who has authored a pr provocative paper on uh, the incremental yield of optical colonoscopy in patients with left-sided polyps detected at screening CT colonography. We hope you'll enjoy this month's podcast and welcome your comments. This morning, I am joined by Dr. Ron Eisenberg, Associate Professor of Radiology at Harvard Medical School and member of the faculty at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, as well as uh, Alex Bankier, also Associate Professor of Radiology at Harvard and our Deputy Editor for Thoracic Imaging. Uh, and then finally, uh, rounding out our panel, is Professor Adrian Dixon, uh, currently uh, the editor of European Radiology and uh, formerly uh, the editor of Clinical Radiology. And we're here to talk about a paper that was uh, authored in part by Drs. Eisenberg and Bankier on uh, honorary authorship in radiologic research articles uh, the assessment of frequency and associated factors. And uh, let's begin. And I, I must say, when I first saw this title, I thought this was rather old news. And I had thought that uh, this problem had been raised in the 80s and 90s and was addressed. So my first question, Ron, is why did you decide to do this study? The reason is that we had a meeting in a lecture series that we have dealing with research in which somebody talked about the question of honorary authorship, and I must admit I had never even heard of it, hmm. and was wondering if this is a problem that involves radiology as well as other specialties, and so um, with Alex's help we decided to try to investigate this. And Alex, why did you think this was a good idea uh, to look at? I thought it was a good idea to look at because at this meeting that Ron mentioned, there were a lot of surprised looks and a lot of surprised faces, especially from uh, junior faculty that participated at the meeting. And although as being in the publishing uh, field or business, if you want, uh, this might appear as being old news, I think it is, it is actual news for people who are not so much involved and actually junior people. and. Therefore, I believe that uh, it is important to keep on talking about this topic, even if there is some evidence in the literature that is already published. And I think we have the obligation to update uh, mm -hmm. what we know about this important topic in, in regular time intervals. Good. Uh, now, Ron, exactly what did you do? How did you uh, decide to approach this question? 
to make it manageable, we decided uh, for a three-year period to write to all first authors of original articles, and we took the two most prominent uh, journals in radiology, radiology and European radiology, wrote to a uh, little more than 1,300 first authors, and basically asked them in several different ways whether they thought that any one of their co-authors would be an honorary author and really didn't qualify for the position mm-hmm. of, a true author, of a true author. What did, what did the survey reveal? What, what did you find? What were the key highlights? Well, we were shocked, at least I was shocked. There was a t- 26% incidence of first authors saying that one or more co-authors really didn't deserve that title. And then when you instead asked whether any one of their co-authors performed tasks only tasks that are considered to be non-authorship tasks, there was almost 59% said that there were at least one person who did not, who only performed non-author tasks, meaning that that person would have been an honorary author. And in general, what other factors did you find were associated uh, with papers where the first authors had the perception that there were honorary authors included? One of the most important one was person who was working in an institution where either a section head or a department head was automatically put onto the paper whether or not he or she made any contributions. Also, there was a relationship with the experience uh, level of the author. Those who had been in uh, academic radiology the shortest time with the least number of publication and the uh, lowest academic rank, those were the ones that had significantly higher incidence of report of saying that there was one or more honorary authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, were you surprised at these findings, or did these kind of reinforce your suspicions? I was not shocked, but I was a little surprised, especially if you look at the numbers. Uh, The numbers appear to tell us that since the previous surveys that are now six, seven, eight years old, nothing much has changed. So the numbers did not really decrease. This is a surprise for me because more and more journals uh, are more and more stringent about the, the criteria for authorship and uh, really apply the international criteria. And the fact that the numbers did not decrease uh, has surprised me quite a lot. Uh, Professor Dixon, uh, you've edited uh, two journals over the course of your career, and uh, did you find these results at all surprising? Not really. The term when I was editor of clinical radiology was gift authorship. It's changed somewhat over the years to honorary authorship. But sadly, it does go on around the world, and it's time that we got got to grips with it, really. So, Professor Dixon, what's the problem with it? Is this kind of just harmless uh, formality, or do you think there's a serious issue here? Well, in some respects, A junior author, out of courtesy, may feel that the head of department or the head of a section should be on the paper, and it's a method of them thanking the senior author, who they may need um, some reference from and some help with later in their careers. But I think it's almost more than that. It's almost a culture in some centers 
that this is what is the norm. And I don't think it's confined in any sense to radiology. Indeed, one of the things that we would like to see now is uh, the difference between radiology and other subjects, because I think it may be more prevalent in other disciplines. Mm -hmm. I must say that uh, when I first heard about this uh, research, I was surprised that you were undertaking it because naively I had thought that it had been addressed by formalizing the criteria. And in radiology, of course, we ask for very specific author contribution forms which delineate the contributions and we publish them. So I was very, very surprised at the extent of the problem, and I think it's striking how little change has occurred despite the fact that we have very concrete authorship requirements and sort of new methodologies. So I found it disappointing, and uh, Professor Dixon and I actually co-authored an editorial uh, entitled um, Where's the honor and honorary authorship that accompanies this that sort of expresses our chagrin at the current state and uh, I think emphasizes uh, the importance of of trying to address this. And I think for me, I think there's a, uh, there are two aspects that are disturbing about this. One is there's kind of an unequal power relationship. Uh, the, the honors or gifts are not being bestowed peer-to-peer, but rather typically the less powerful person is bestowing it on, on the more powerful person. And the second is I think it gives a, uh, an unfortunate method about what's required to get ahead in academics um, and emphasizes kind of the, the, the power relationships rather than the scientific contribution. So it, I found it uh, quite, uh, quite disturbing. Professor Dixon, one of the things that uh, was noted in the, in the research article was that the prevalence in European radiology was a bit higher uh, than that from the authors of radiology and uh, we speculated about this in the editorial as to uh, the relationship of the nation of origin of the first authors and the cultural norms that may be present. How strong do you think these cultural norms are in driving uh, this issue? There are differences in European countries, but so too there are in other parts of the world, and you have a fairly high um, rate of publications coming from the Far East and other parts of the world, and I think that there is no norm in this matter, and that is one of the reasons why we very much introduced the concept of guarantorship mm-hmm. of an article, i.e. a senior permanent member of staff who can take responsibility for the whole paper, not necessarily an author. So uh, could you uh, expand on this a bit more? Uh, once the guarantor is identified, what, what, is their, what is their role in the paper? If, uh, if someone has a question about this, would they go to the guarantor? Have, have you ever done that? Absolutely. This is particularly relevant if a paper has emanated from a center by two relatively young researchers who may move on to another institution so that there has to be some permanent person who is responsible within the organization for all aspects of the paper, Mm -hmm. the um, documentation, if anybody wants to look at the um, paperwork at a later stage, if there's a question, if a question of probity comes up, they are the person whose, we say, neck is on the block. 
I see. Alex, uh, you've practiced on both sides of the Atlantic. Do you have a sense uh, as to sort of the importance of cultural differences uh, in this practice, or does it just vary section to section or institution to institution? I think there is a lot of variation according to institution and uh, in terms of uh, geography. However, I would not overestimate uh, this influence, although uh, it exists. I think uh, we are publishing and producing journals and doing research in an absolutely international uh, context. Both the numbers of contributions to European radiology and uh, radiology show that these are in fact not national or geographically bound journals, but they are really international journals. And I think that our efforts should be targeted towards uh, establishing international standards. So if authors or groups of authors place themselves in the arena of international research, uh, there should be international guidelines to which uh, these people should adhere. So I would not overestimate mm-hmm. the influence of a geographic difference. I, I would say that part of the rationale for us writing the editorial was to try to stimulate some discussion on uh, developing and uh, uh, implementing a uh, more uh, universal, internationally agreed-upon standard uh, for uh, departments uh, of radiology. Ron, do you have any, uh, based on your research, uh, suggestions what we should do about this in the future? Well, it's difficult to be certain exactly what the problems uh, are. There have been some studies which have shown that um, although the ICJME standards uh, we think of is quite well known that a large number of researchers actually are not aware of them. So there perhaps could be some increasing educational aspect of trying to make these well known. Uh, we also have to work against the idea of mutual support in which several investigators will put the other one on a paper um, so that they all can get their um, CVs a little bit larger, uh, and it may be that it has to go back even further to um, to medical schools, uh, to promotions requirements, so that things could be changed so that the, the benefits of just being put on a large number of articles just doesn't have the, uh, the same importance. And we also should stress the fact that sometimes honorary authorship can be associated with problems when some articles are withdrawn for some reason, then honorary authors have to scamper to make sure they can distance themselves so as not to be tainted with something with which they really had uh, no relationship. That certainly is an uh, unfortunate truth about this entire circumstance. Uh, Professor Dixon, any further thoughts about what we should do to try to address this more definitively over the next decade? Now, I'm sure we should all go to the uniform standards so that everybody writing a paper has exactly the same boxes to fill in. That's one thing. Uh, I think the other thing is that as time elapses, the more modern departments will be working harder to control authorship because, as has just been said, some of the um, difficult cases and the articles that have had to be withdrawn when one analyzes the authorship, that has been a problem that the work has not been closely supervised. 
that the senior person has been put on as a token to show that it's coming from a good department rather than the science is perfect. Now you also had sort of a, uh, a common sense test for this about what any respectable author should be able to do. Do you want to share that? Well, I believe that um, any author ought to be able to stand up and talk for two to three minutes on the findings of a paper, of any paper they've written for 10 years after they've written it without any revision. You ought to know the work well enough, but that's a personal view. I haven't seen it written down anywhere. Well, it's an interesting thing to think about. And the last question, uh, and I think perhaps for the listeners of the podcast, perhaps the most important what would your advice be to junior authors that find themselves in, in this situation? Ron, do you want to take a crack at this? Yes. At least at, in the Harvard system, there is an, are several different steps that one can take, uh, including departmental, Harvard itself, as well as the entire university of ombudsmen and other people who can discuss and resolve conflicts resolving possible honorary authorship. And I think it's really very important for a junior author to uh, evaluate, to avail themselves of all these possibilities because it is, in some institutions, can even be grounds for um, significant punishment or even dismissal if one is forcing a junior person to accept them as an honorary authorship. And I think if there were a few more cases in which this occurred, that hopefully this practice would decrease. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bankier, what would you do if a young author came to you and uh, expressed some concerns about being put in this uncomfortable situation? Well, as Ron mentioned, uh, we are lucky to have uh, all these uh, institutional people that are dealing with that on a fairly uh, professional level. I think it is important, uh, however, to act more on the prevention side than when there is already a complaint. And uh, I think we should not leave out the institutions uh, out of their responsibility. There is an issue with uh, incentives for promotions, and as long as these exist as they do now, this problem will exist. Uh, I also believe that, uh, in f- and in fact this is supported by our results, that the uh, ECMGE criteria work well, but they do not work perfectly. So uh, the question is how can we a gap the field where they don't work well and uh, I think we have to be imaginative. It is very important to keep on discussing this issue. Uh, We make this experience over and over again that we have to keep on talking about this issue of of, uh, honorary authorship, that we have to keep this topic in discussion. We have to be imaginative maybe in the IRB submission process. There could be a role for uh, preventing authorship uh, discussions. Uh, And I think very important, and this is our responsibility as senior faculty, uh, is to lead by example and Mm -hmm. uh, to be here if we have junior faculty coming to us with this problem uh, and showing them how to adequately deal with this problem. Thank you. Uh, Professor Dixon, if you had a a junior faculty uh, in your department, uh, I guess you have stepped down as uh, department chair, so you're likelier than ever to uh, have a a junior person come to you with this uh, sort of an issue. How would you tell them to approach it? I think that it's relatively unlikely in our own department now because we have clamped down on it 
uh, extensively in the UK, but I think that one thing is that one should define the authorship at the beginning of any research project, and maybe journals should never allow more than six authors, because can there really be more than six authors who have a meaningful contribution to a paper? So if a junior was coming to me and said I'm being asked to um, include an author, uh, a senior person, I think I would go and have a talk with that senior author and see whether he could be persuaded to end up in the acknowledgements. Uh, I will share something with you all. Uh, in early in my career, I was actually in this situation, uh, and uh, I was in a situation where a senior author uh, who I was working with had sort of wanted to be an author on all the papers that I was uh, uh, involved in. And I went to my department chair uh, at the time, and he was very upset about this and uh, decided that he was going to be the first author on one of the potential topics from our combined research. And in so doing, he stopped this whole issue of honorary authorship because he was the most senior person. He set the tone that this wasn't going to happen and nobody would question him about it. So I, I think bringing it to the fore ahead of time is very, very helpful. I think uh, uh, if you have uh, ombudsman, that's another source. And then I think uh, authors should review the authorship criteria together before the project begins so that these issues aren't sort of snuck in at the end. Uh, we are uh, unfortunately running out of time for what I think has been a uh, important and useful discussion. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Drs. Uh, Eisenberg, Benkier, and Dixon for their participation. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you.